0: Welcome to the latest episode of Pixel Drone Show. This is the podcast where we talk to industry professionals about what they do in their day-to-day work. Your host today is Greg Riverdio from Pilot Institute, Haya Kestelou of DroneXL, and myself, Kara Murphy. Today we have on Carmaine Means. I've been friends with Carmaine since 2017, we actually met up when I was living in California's Bay Area and we got to shoot together, which was amazing. And since then, I have gone on to see you um, become a drone photojournalist for first CBS News and now CNN, which is really just so impressive. And so thank you for being on the show with us today, Carmine. It's great to have you
1: here. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Um,
0: So we always start off asking you how you got into drones. So you do have an extensive background with studio cameras um, and you've studied film and video in college. What inspired you to pick up a drone?
1: I saw um, back in 2014, I saw uh, where drones could be useful in in broadcast and in the film industry. Um, There was a a fellow who came in and he had the first uh, DJI Phantom and uh, he displayed it and um, forced me in the studio for the viewing audience. And I thought to myself, oh wow, this is this is gonna be a game changer. I think in our industry. <laughs> I mean, you're able at the time, Remember the first uh, DJ I drew on Phantom that was, there was no gimbal. It was just, you set up like a GoPro on it and it just did like what I call a hot air balloon shot and just goes in the air. And, kind of floats up and then you bring it back down and it kind of moves around. But you couldn't move the camera and the gimbal at all. It wasn't stable. It was pretty shaky. But it still had a lot of um, it had a lot of factors that uh, could give you potentially with a with a gimbal and, and stabilizing systems that could give you very, very dynamic uh, moves for film and, and television.
2: What uh, what kind of drone do you use the most when you do work these days?
1: Right now, um, for CNN Air, I'm using just got a Mavic 3 Pro. Use that. We also use the, um, and I also just used a um, Inspire 2 um, Pro. So um, those are two that we're using right now. I know that in CNN Air, the head of CNN, Greg Advent, he, he uh, mentioned that we also have an industrial-sized drone that's capable of also uh, with a red Komodo camera and some pretty impressive lenses to do um, more things. And one of the things that's great about CNN Air is that it crosses platforms within Warner Media. So not only does it does things for the news and the broadcast side, but also um, things that for CNN Plus and potentially HBO and, and all of these TNT Sports, so it you know we need uh, and he has we have a vast variety of different ranges for uh, different clients w- within uh, Warner Meter and even outside of Warner Media who use Warner Media services. So.
3: And um, if if we look at uh, your own drone flying experience, when when did you first pick up a drone and what model uh, was that?
1: Uh, 2014, and it was a yeah. Phantom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my first one was a Phantom. Was it the Phantom Three? I think.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think the Phantom Three is one 3. of the drones that most people yeah. uh, got, yeah, got started I mean, with.
1: Yeah. and then I graduated to the Phantom Four Pro. Yep. And uh, then the Phantom kind of went out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was yeah little...
3: the, the Phantom <laughs> life, uh, We're still waiting for that one. I want to see am
1: say, I was listening to you say, I don't think they're just going to be able to run Phantom far. <laughs> after just moving into Mavic, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. They, Mavic took over for the Phantom um, design. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I've been using that. We also use Autel um i have an an evo um uh 2 and Mm um which is you know it's a it's a great job you know it it has its purpose and when we want to use it and when i want to use it um yeah particularly with dji and the gps and how it connects in the geofencing and all of that stuff so it does have its its place where it comes in uh, handy and we do use that
3: so with drones becoming more popular and more widely used, uh, do you see in the news gathering uh, industry that drones have basically replaced helicopters or are helicopters still used as well?
1: Helicopters are still widely used, especially in local news. Mm-hmm. Um, they have actually um, done something with helicopters or usually it was a transmitter receiver um, sort of thing. And um with the dishes that are placed in different areas to, so you can receive the signal back to the station. They have now since replaced helicopters, that system, with a, a live view, which is a satellite mobile uplink unit or a DeGero. And what that allows you to do is you, you're able to transmit uh, via cell service um, yeah. anywhere. So you don't have to have that that range that maybe microphonics will give you um, because you know when flies a, really, a helicopter and doing those kinds of shots with satellite, but they, they do use microphonics and, um, and so it's replaced that. Um, and that deep drones has its its place, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. helicopters do a lot of traffic things yep. for the morning and those kinds of things or very secure areas um, for, but you, you know, in a place like LA, which they have a huge, helicopter police helicopter presence as well as uh news presence but they they someone like cal fire they're very very um accommodating for drone pilots so we're able to get a different perspective right a closer perspective than let's say a fire somewhere Mm -hmm. uh where a helicopter just can't get it even though they're you know they have expanded in some ways, but a lot of ways are very limiting, so the the news operations are still hand in hand with that, yeah, they still use drones for certain things, um particularly with telling it more intimate stories, telling kinds of things um opposed to like doing like a traffic stop or something like
3: that, yeah, that makes sense, mhm-.
0: Um, so, do you think that, and just in your opinion, do you think that drones are a better tool for capturing aerial footage than helicopters? What are the benefits and detriments to each, in your in your opinion?
1: In my opinion, it depends on the style, the look, and what it is that you have your producer your has agreed to and what. As a, um, as a DP or a, 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 um, a photojournalist, what what the need is exactly for what you're trying to capture and, and how um, the possibility of you even being able to capture it with a drone. I mean all you have to, there's a lot of factors that come into play as to why someone would use a helicopter over a drone. If you're in a place like New York City and you have a lot of aerial shots to get, and you have the budget, the helicopter would be your best bet, right? Because of the rules and things like that that they have going on. So it's a similar similar situation to Washington D.C. Um, but if you um, if you're in a place more like Chicago, um, and, and again depending upon what you want, budgets and stuff like that. But you know, I, I've seemed to think generally speaking for local news, yes, you know, drones will give you that more intimate shot, the closer, um, thing, more dynamic in a sense than what a helicopter can give you. A helicopter can't necessarily give you a landscape of a skyline and you're very, very intimate on buildings, you know, so it gives you just a different perspective for sure. Um, for network, um, you know, you've used them in the sand dunes and, you know, they're not going to use a helicopter for that kind of stuff. And it was really, really beautiful and it was dynamic. So, um, You know, just in my opinion, it it just really boils down to the need, where the need is, what it's for, um, and why. But overall, generally speaking, yes, drones do play more and more part of that role than hiring out an aerial helicopter service to get you certain shots, yes.
2: So from a from a technical perspective, when you guys go out, do you record in 4K, 30 frames per second? Do you use ProRes? Do you use uh, just a regular H.265 codec? Are you trying to keep it as simple as you can so that that data can go out as quickly as possible? Yes. Yeah, so
1: we, um, <clears throat> we use like a project that I just worked on, a long form documentary. We shot ProRes. Um, we shot H.265. Um, and we um, and we we shot um, we also shot 4K, in some regards, okay. and not ne- not tw- not thirty frames per second, but 23.98. So that's now the um, the look of what a lot of us are doing in in broadcast. When you're talking about doing long form documentaries and things like that, most of us are shooting. Even with a regular um, ground camera, we're shooting uh, 24 frames per second because most of those cameras that we're using now on a network level the in the the indie docu scene are uh, we're shooting um, cinematic lenses um, and and cinematic cameras. So the frame rate really for that in the States where we're using now is 23.94 for the most part. You could use 30. It just depends on what, what you're doing.
3: Yeah. So what happens once you have the shots that you need? I mean, do you hand it off right away or do you make a first selection? Are you involved in any of the editing? Uh, Can you tell us how that works?
1: We, um, we usually if you're, I am, uh, uh, I love to hand off the raw footage, the to the producer, they make a copy of, I make a copy, download it to my hard drive and I double copy and then give them. Um, mm-hmm. the uh, original footage and then they make a, a copy of it. There could be, and there should be some collaborative post, um, particularly if an editor is not really sure um, or a producer is not really sure where they should use it and what fits best, where, if it gets yeah. down to it, you're also a part of that process um, as, as being um, a, a lead photographer or a DP. So yeah. Um, we also used FPV actually on this last shoot, so that was that was great. Um, but it, um, yeah, I mean we we we're, we're all in that, and that's how I do it because we have a basically FTPing, which those file sizes are huge, <laughs> and it takes a long time to send it that way, opposed to just putting it on a hard drive and letting the editor directly ingest into their system. So for sure, yeah. yeah. And the the, the producers uploaded later to the library.
3: Did you mention FPV drones? Is that what you said, sir?
1: Yes. Yep. Effie uh, had a, um, we were shooting in between an old area that was kind of simply torn down. So I had him uh, bring that and we flew that for quite a few of the shots for the documentary.
3: Do you these? Do you, um, I mean, we're going a little off script here, but I'm curious. Do do you see uh, a bigger role going forward for FPV drones because of the, the oh, different aerial footage that they can provide?
1: I think, especially at the network level, I, I think um, as long as we have drone pilots pushing that envelope, mm-hmm. you're going to see more of more of that come along, and even it, it will trickle down to the locals, I think, eventually. Um, but you know, it's like you know. You have to get special training for that. Yeah. You know, you it's not like, you know, flying a Mavic or anything that's a special training because they're originally racing drones that they you know they've augmented into now they carry Komodos and Arias, yeah, yeah. and MIDIs and they they're pretty complex, but still the operation of them are, are more extremely more skilled than you you know, maybe what you're doing with it, with a regular a prosumer type of drone yeah. that just does Kind of not those types of angles and shots that speed and what's capable of doing what what it's doing, the turning and all of that and flipping. But uh, yeah, I do. I I hope that um, that becomes more regularly used. It it is definitely a different angle for me. The my my opinion, it gives you a different de- a different angle, a totally different immersive. Oh yeah, experience. And when you have stories that. Can do that with that you just cannot get with a mapping, right? Yeah. So um, I, I'm hoping that the more that more of us at at a higher level do this and on films and in within documents and stuff like that, um, that it trickles down, you know. I, but I was I had the same hope, I, honestly, for um, mapping because I I I. For us, we're able you're use you're able to take that three d image and then flip it into a graphic a pretty immersive graphic mm-hmm. and we we're not there yet because most drone pilots don't know how to do mapping, yeah, so we're not we're not there yet, but I'm hoping the other the other linears that we can pull from and bring them back into into filming into broadcast for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, I can imagine, especially when it comes to storytelling and news reporting, if you can have a three D map and you can create it quickly and easily to show somebody the situation. For instance, if you go to uh, to the situation in Ukraine and you want to you want to show the damage in certain towns, if you yes. had a three D yeah. model, uh, you'd be and able to. It's
1: Extremely more immersive than just talking about oh, yeah. it or show this regular ground photography pictures. Like yeah. if if we even if they do uh, a situation where. Um, they're going in to to rescue someone in, some, in a place like Syria or something, but how they were able to be rescued by going down here and through this tunnel. I mean, to be able to really see that, and you can see that in, in mapping. Yeah. You cannot see it on just a regular conventional type of, of um, graphic map that we have. So I, I'm I'm hoping that um, yes we we get a little bit more we expand out as far as our services not just kind of putting it, putting the drone up in the air and just flying these these regular film and, and photography shots. Yeah.
0: Um. So when we flew together in 2017 which was almost five years ago because I remember it was like summer or something so long. But um, I remember you had these peel off ND filters and i had never seen anything like it at the time. I thought that was, you know, it's really neat. Um, uh, these days, what are your favorite uh, drone accessories that you use when you're filming your
1: footage? Oh, definitely ND filters. Are they still sure. the peel off?
0: <laughs> I'm curious. Or, or is there a specific brand or type? Or
1: Yeah. But uh, definitely. Um, I mean, Greg just bought us, you know, the Mavic 3 Pro comes with the Hasselback. Um, so there's filters um and he did buy the 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 native okay. filters for those. Um but uh yeah, I mean ND filters are, are huge. I also love the Loom Cube, the LED yeah. uh, the high powered lights. Because at nighttime, you know, or even the day, it helps you in terms of what's front and what's back. Just by changing the color on the, the front or the top and the back of a light, you know, Effies is, is set up that way, which is a good because um, sometimes you can get turned around, right? Especially at night, you can get turned around. So um, those that's a good um, feature to have. Uh, you know, um, daytime for sure ND filter. I mean, that's that's pretty much um, pretty much it. In regards to that, now, when you start getting into industrial drones and, 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 and cinema glass, there's a lot of things that um, I have as go-to things for for image quality. But, you know, mind you, a lot of that for those types of stories are shot in long. But that being said, I still prep my 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 lenses and my camera as if I'm shooting in, a, in already a, a preset picture profile. So you know, I, I use, um, all kinds of, I use not only neutral density filters, but I also use polarizers and I will also use, um, um, other filters that give a certain like softer look or other filters or, or lenses that will give a vintage look. It, um, it just, um, varies on what, you know, kind of drone that you have. I, you know, I, honestly, that's not actually a bad idea for the smaller drones like Mavic. If Hasselbat came out with even some of their older vintage um, cameras uh, that you can swap the camera head out, the camera out on and put one, a different one on it. But um, yeah, that's it. The ND filters are a huge thing though. I know a lot, a lot of guys probably maybe not fly if you're more of a beginner flyer, but you need that. You don't want your shutter up super high and like, yeah. two or thousand or something of a shutter like you want to keep it if you're i'm shooting 4k uh 24 i want to keep my shutter somewhere around one, one 150 160 so you, in places like california where there's high sun you need a really heavy md 32 64 and up so that i can you can keep that that stuff balanced properly
3: so so when you're working on a uh on the news story and you trying to capture all that uh, all that footage or all the images do you uh, focus solely on flying drones to capture that or do you use other types of cameras as well to uh, to get that story
1: And use other cameras ground cameras i'm using uh, sony fx series yeah the cinema lines yeah um, fx9 fx6 fx3 a7s3 um to capture um, footage as well, so mm-hmm. also along with with uh, DJI's drones.
3: So when when the Sony AirP came out, I mean, if you're already using Sony cameras, how how excited did that get you? In order to use the same cameras and the same lenses, but now mount them on the drone, so you have all the the, the same right. look and feel in your in your footage. Is that a, is that something that that got you excited or not so much?
1: I'm mean, very excited. Um, and I want to reach out to Sony to actually demo and test one of their their Air Peak. Yeah, because to really see how that's going to fold in more. I mean, we you know I was raised much like most of you guys raised on DJI. Yeah, I love their product, and and it 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 really is a, in my opinion, a smoother ride. Right, mm-hmm. it's smoother operations than operating some other manufacturers, but. um I would love to, yeah, for sure, um, um, test that out. I was very excited because, you know, you'd be Sony all across the
3: board. So, but how much of an issue is it currently then? If you capture, let's say, half your footage with DJI drones that have a certain uh, look and feel to the image, and then you capture the rest of the story with a Sony camera, like in post-production, is it, is it a, a big headache to get all that footage to look and feel the same, even though it's from different cameras?
1: It is because everyone has a their yeah. yeah. I mean every manufacturer has its own color science essentially, yeah. right? So it, it, it can be, especially if you're shooting um um if I'm shooting my FX nine and S which is the you know, Sony's mm-hmm. really said it's a beautiful color science. Well DJI doesn't have that. Yeah. So you and and the our managers have done a good job and our and our lead editors, um Khan, he's done a great job of matching as best, you know, using um, this DJI color science and then maybe changing up your color science, possibly with your FX9 maybe not using a Cinetone, but maybe using um, we have a CNN um, um, snap of uh, color science, Um, or you can use a 709 Rec, which is more like an r Lexus, which could be closer um, to what. Um, what the DJI is using but yeah I mean it, it is difficult but that's the whole reason why you you shoot in log
3: mm-hmm. so you have more flexibility yeah.
1: you have more flexibility exactly if you're shooting your ground things in log and then you're shooting um, my aerial in log the editors have a lot more flexibility to match that up really really closely yeah. um, using you know um, coloring or, or also Andover's and over LUTs so it just depends
2: so let's talk about your uh, your career and then who you work for and kind of what you do uh, there. You switch from CBS News to CNN. Can you tell us why? And I you know, um,
1: <laughs> Well, when I went to CBS um, News, the network, I located out of Chicago into Los Angeles, which was my hometown. Um and at CBS um, which I had a, a great time but you know I was always um, I always loved what CNN was doing in regards to creating a space for drone pilots to to really fly and fly under an umbrella that um, is of course across the board with all of their their different um, entities that are involved in it which you know makes you uh, actually more experienced drone pilots than just say, just flying for news, which is what CBS, where I was there. So um, I decided to, and Chicago being my hometown, so I needed to come back home, so I applied for the position in Chicago at CNN, um, where, of course, is where I ended up, um, ended up back back home um, and working for CNN and working in this capacity. Um, Slowly, but, you know, as a, I'm a photographer really first and a drone pilot um, kind of second. I mean, it, you know, it goes kind of hand in hand, but it's different than a setup because Greg does have full time drone pilots within CNN Air. But we're, we're more of uh, the support staff in regards to I do, you know, ground stuff first and, and complements as what I do as a drone pilot.
0: Uh, so I know there's probably not a typical day or week for working at a network as expansive as CNN. So I guess I'll stick to what have been your uh, favorite travel assignments in recent memory.
1: Favorite travel assignments, Ooh, or just assignments? Um, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> yeah, well, the 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 documentary that's releasing that's been a, a, a really a good one. Um, it's one of my favorites. No. Um, because of the style of what I was doing, no. what I was using, um, in regards to camera lights, um, the workflow of what it is, and that's more of a production workflow opposed to what we call ENG, which is electric no. news gathering kind of workflow. Um, th- it, we did not have um a a like a correspondent or an anchor presence in doing this style of, of documentary, which, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed um, the, the 10 weeks that I had to work on this. So, um, the, you know, I guess my next favorite would probably be um, the summer I traveled like all over. I was in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee was was pretty, Miami. Um, or Fort Lauderdale, I was down there and I had a aerial and I had an aerial drone shoot along with a water drone shoot and underwater photography. Oh, neat. um, About, yeah, doing a story about, um, um, the coral reefs. So that, that was a good, um, a good experience doing both using that, the, um, is it, is it called Quest? I was just going to ask or, you uh, what you were using underwater. for
0: underwater drones, Um, like what yes. kind of uh, underwater drone you're using. And yeah. also, I mean, maybe this is my experience, but I feel like it's a little bit disorienting Uh, trying to get footage underwater um, versus aerial where you have more, um, more, you can see what can, what's going on more. <laughs> with aerial. Awesome. Yeah, you're not disoriented. I feel yeah. like you're disoriented underwater
1: but, oh yeah, you can get easy, I mean, yeah, yeah, you can get easy, lose your horizon, as they say. Get you know, stuff is. you I mean, you're out there in the middle of the ocean, rocking back and forth. But, um, and it is something when you're doing that and you're seasick, <laughs> <laughs> which is what happened to us. Oh, seasick, <laughs> <laughs> all the time, it was it was over. And Jerry was like, "Oh my gosh." Um. <clears throat> But it it is, it's, it's a little, because you're still tethered, right? Mm -hmm. In the underwater drone, there's still a, we use one that's, you know, you use a tether and it's different, but that's why I accompanied it with um, also using a scuba diver with camera and housing, because I know that it also too has limits, you know? So, um, but it was, it was great to use. It was actually my first time using it. I hadn't uh, used it ever before and um um using it with the shoot and and um you know it, it was really we honestly we used most of the underwater stuff with the with the dp who was doing that um but uh it was an interesting experience nonetheless you know i, I hope that that also gets better you know and its technology and it grows Uh, More, yeah, for
3: sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess we would expect so, right? I mean, as all these cameras get better, I'm sure that would uh, trickle down to underwater drones at some point Mm -hmm. as well. Um, I believe your your title is national network director of photography for CNN. Can you tell us what your responsibilities are in that uh, in that job?
1: The response, yeah, I mean, it it uh, um, the responsibilities are uh, networking with and collaborating with producers on assignments, um, and in pre production, production, and post production. So you're you're in in the production process mm-hmm. um, all throughout the entire process. You're not a part of it. Um, sometimes, as a photojournalist, solely when you're working on a news story. You may come in, you may be the guy just shooting live shots. Yeah. You may be the person just going to get this particular um, video, and then they kind of piece everything together, potentially. Um, so it's it's a little bit different. You have more, I think, like it because you have more control. Um, you are in that, that seat and sitting in that position for... Or from beginning
3: to finish. I can imagine if you're, if you're working on a, let's say a, a movie or documentary and you have time, uh, you can plan the shots, you can plan the way you're going to tell your story and you have, you have more time to, to make sure you get that right. If you're working on a new story, uh, I would imagine it's a lot more urgent. Does that change the way you work? If there's, if there's more of an urgency to get a story out? Oh,
1: sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it does. Um, in a, in a lot of regards, you know, um, when you're when you're doing um, um, when I'm on a doc shoot, you know I have the luxury of doing like site surveys, talking to the producer yeah. to say, you know, let's go this way instead of going that way. When you're on a, a breaking news story, it it is you know you're in this element and you have to make it work best with where you are mm-hmm. and still manage time. You're still always under time management when, in in news and especially in breaking news, so you always have to keep that in mind. And you know, listen, I've been professionally doing this for 22 or 23 years so that that element for me is more it's very comfortable as muscle memory so i mean i've worked in it for so yeah. long that
3: so so what is the biggest struggle then like the the bottleneck if you will if you're if you're working on the pressure you have to get a new story out like like what's the the hardest part in in being able to get a story out quickly
2: for
1: for us, and particularly as a drone pilot, it's more of, if they're not taking in your feed live, it's, of course, being under a deadline. I, I just actually went through that in Detroit mm-hmm. with um, the, the, um, the trucker incident that was happening in Canada, where I had to drive to Port Huron, where my satellite truck was back in Detroit, <laughs> so i had to drive to port huron to capture drone footage of a bridge and then drive which is about it's about an hour and some change back to drive and they needed it by a certain deadline yeah. so um and it's easily more easily fed back um at the, the satellite truck that's already tuned in or whatever you're not gonna possibly have breakup in your live view and telling you to be feeded and then you're so far away and then they need you to go back and do something else. Um, So, yeah, I mean that, you know, managing your time, how fast you can get something up or what exactly is needed, and then sending that back um, in the most efficient way. So they are able to get it and use it, you know, so um, it it makes, you know, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you, you do all that work and then it can't be used.
3: Yeah so uh another follow-up question and um how often do you run into things like uh geofencing or uh needing a waiver from the fea before you can actually take off and gather that footage i mean are are those issues that you run into when you go out to to capture a new story and time is of the essence
1: i try not to i try <laughs> to avoid yeah you know you just want to work around and avoid what you can yeah. you know we do, we do um in air, we we use the the drone pilots. We use aloft, yeah, um, work around and get and get things. And so if if it's a situation where we can set it up in in advance, of course, and get clearance, lands whatever kind of clearance, um, then we we do that. If that's where we have to be, that's where we have to be. Yeah. But um, if you can avoid it, if you're in a breaking news situation where you may not have the time to wait, then it's best that you kind of. You know, you map out and 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 figure out where where you can be to get things that they may need, where you don't have to go through all of that unlocking of the geofencing or then asking for clearance for the FAA, which is not quick. Yep. Um, which which will catch you up. So yeah.
2: So kind of related to what Haya just asked, um, drones can easily be grounded. Uh, via a TFR temporary flight restriction. Do you think that uh, this would be easier to ground journalists from capturing footage Mm -hmm. and and possibly infringing on uh, First Amendment rights? Is this something that you've been faced with where you can't get access to an airspace to cover an event that is going on that that needs Uh, to be I'm sure that that happens to folks, particularly um,
1: before they, I think more so, particularly in the past, before if you look at something like a protest, um that may happen in flying over people right they're not gonna let you do it (laughs) you're you're not you're not gonna be able to do what you want to do to capture that particular thing or you have to do it from afar or back and it's you know how much of that is really usable really that's not really what they want so um now i know that um you know, with you being able to more freely do that, um, flying over people, you know, I, I don't, I don't suspect they'll have nearly as much of a, of a problem. Like before we've had to, uh, one of the other drone pilots in the Bureau, uh, Jake has had to, of course, reach out to the city of Chicago to get clearance, to protest, comes this, 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 Big uh, bigger event than I, you know, probably the initial initially anticipated, but um, you know, I I do think that yes, those 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 rules can can infringe on what what we're trying to capture, yeah. and it can it can definitely become become an issue and a problem. So, and that you usually see news organizations then put up a helicopter.
3: Yeah.
1: So. You know, but of course, that's not necessarily the greatest yep. tool of exactly capturing what they needed to capture in that intimate space.
3: So my, my question that, uh, that ties into this, and I guess it's is twofold. I mean, one is, is how often do you travel for news stories? And then two, uh, if you travel for news stories and you're not quite sure what kind of situation you run into, do you then, for instance, pack an Autel drone in case there's geofencing issues? Do you pack a a, a DJI Mini in case you need to fly closer to people or you're flying uh, traveling international? Can you, can you tell us about how that works and, and what you bring along?
1: Yeah, uh, I bring it both. <laughs> <a long time. laughs>
3: i would imagine you would <laughs> um,
1: I, well and in our travel you know it goes um something like this and it's pretty much across the yeah. board whether it's at cbs cnn or whatever for for a network like some some travel is planned some is not yeah um the one that um the travel that's not planned So in that, if I have to go, a lot of places within the Midwest, I have a range. And my range is about eight hours is my max where I will drive. (laughs) So I can cover, and basically my coverage area is, my coverage area can be anywhere, but my immediate coverage area from where I'm based out of in the Chicago Bureau is, you know, the Midwest um, and a little bit of the Southern region I could go to, obviously Kentucky and Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but in that particular, in that circumstance, if I'm driving, yes, I carry both of my drones with me. Um, usually we know in advance, like I did in Detroit, that they're using me for droning specifically. Like they'll send another photographer to do other mm-hmm. things, but me, they're using me just for, as a drone pilot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, and that, for that, I actually used
3: the Autel. Um, the Evo 2, I guess, time. or, Evo yeah. Two, yeah. Yes. So um, mm-hmm. if, if we look at DJI drones, the, uh, the mini series uh, from a news reporting uh, perspective, how, how attractive is, is a small drone that weighs less than 250 grams uh, for news reporting for you?
1: Um, I you know it would it would have its place. Um, I'm sure Chicago is one of those crazy markets where the wind is insane most of the time. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> you know, so that little that little thing is is uh, <laughs> would be probably more of a challenge, and it would probably be one I wouldn't use that much because of yeah. that particularly outdoors, you know, or the the inclement weather, you know. Um, but in California, it, it, it works. I mean, you know, I know that locally, the, the CBS um, station in, in Chicago, they do have smaller drones. Um, so, you know, they, they use that um, quite frequently to get some shots. So, <laughs> that's um so they do use it for um for locally the local news stations in a lot of places now because and it, it you know i've talked to a couple of my colleagues and buddies and they were you know it's a little two or three hundred dollar yeah. drone if it gets lost or breaks or whatever it's not such a huge expense um for them to replace it yeah right so um and they they're they using it in their daily storytelling uh, much more than we are at the network.
3: Yeah.
1: So um and we use them quite frequently, but I you know, I was actually shocked when I was at, at um in LA and and then with CBS how um how how much of the um they use third party drone pilots to get a lot of things because they 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 there's not a lot of pilots who are licensed
3: so within the network so they would just go and find a local drone pilot and hire that yeah,
1: yeah usually like for a fire you usually have someone locally who is flying a drone yeah and who basically um will get there before if if the fire is in santa barbara and they're sending me from la it may take me Four hours to get there, yeah. whereas somebody in Santa Barbara has already put the drone up and it's capturing stuff. You know, and, and they have their own TV stations there. So, um, but they're already capturing, so they they just you know pay, or is it is a private individual, yeah. and they make um, and an arrangement to to pay um, with the with the network to to sell the so- footage which I saw happen more frequently than not. I mean, I, I think that that's, for for them, that's a, a good 80% um, of their, their So area.
0: for anyone out there watching this, especially a young woman um, who sees the work mm-hmm. you're doing and says, I want to get uh, do something like this when I grow up, how would you recommend they get started?
1: Well, I, you know, it's I don't think it's a one-size-shoe-fits-all kind of um, model um, for me. And was and young... The generations uh, of, of the type of journalists when I was coming through is different than um, the type of journalists that are getting um, jobs now. I had to go through small markets and start there and then work my way up back into a larger local market and then uh, go into network. That is not necessarily the, the case anymore. You, you, some pe- people out of college can go right into the network system. So um, I would, you know, think that if you're really truly interested in, in storytelling of all angles and, and, and doing things and you're that visual of a producer or a person, then you you will um, you will, you know, find a way to, you know, get licensed and and practice and do some things. I mean, when I first started I was practicing and flying three or four days a week. You know, um, but, you know, find a way to, to get that, get that, that practice in and, and, you know, also, um, maybe, uh, you know, see what you can, what you can, uh, what you can do as well as expand yourself as far as your ground camera work and your lighting and, and doing those kinds of things. It's, it's, yeah, um, there is definitely, uh, um, um, for someone young wanting to get in this there's a you know a a right way to to get in and do it so um and it's hard to learn at the network Um, level i will tell you
0: that way following up um what is your involvement with women and drones
1: you know i i I met sharon probably i i want to say in 20 Let's see, I met you in 2017. I think I met her in 2015. So, um, and she just had this small little idea <laughs> about women's in drone, which is propelled into this this huge network for, for women. And, um, I try to, to do as much as I can with it. I mean, my work schedule is pretty hectic. Um, and, um. But I, I do occasionally read the the newsletters and things like that. I mean I want to get more involved and I should be more involved, especially for women who wanna take this path. It's not, you know, to have someone there that can be a mentor and guide people through um definitely for sure.
2: So let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about uh remote ID for a few seconds. Uh we're getting close to the end of the interview, but I wanted to get your opinion on remote ID. Do you think this is going to have an effect on uh journalists especially? I think it Fine will have it, yes. In the Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will
1: because unfortunately a lot of the newsrooms are not that organized um you know in regards to drone droning and doing what they're supposed to do to make that run more smoothly. Um But, you know, as far as we are in CNN, I mean, all of our things are are marked, um, you know, clearly see, know what's going on. Um, So there's not a problem with us, but I can see that becoming an issue in the future. Sure. if If a lot of these places don't get drone programs or someone, at least someone to leave them. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I uh, I wanted to ask you what your opinion is on the uh, newly launched DJI Mavic 3, all the firmware updates, the slow connection to uh, yeah. GPS signals. I mean, they say it's the ideal drone. Is it yours? And if not, what's uh, what's wrong with it?
1: Well, right now, it it, it is because I like flying DJI. Pulls all the I, mean, I have know, to interject
0: something. really quick. I think DJI just came out with a firmware update that takes care of that pesky um
1: no, it, it, yeah, I, I, I downloaded it yesterday, but I, I then, oh. It still took me, um, it still took me, uh, it still took a while. Probably a good five to seven yep, minutes that was to connect to all of the satellites. Like, and it's oh, updated. It. You know, you, you. Yep. you it takes a long
3: time yeah i uh, i've been getting reports uh of people having different experiences some say that after the last update uh, the problem is gone and other people are like what are you talking about it still takes five minutes to uh to find <laughs> satellites
1: exactly and <laughs> Yeah, and pre-this, I mean, Effie and I were out at a location, and it literally took 30
3: minutes. I I don't know what happened this time. I mean, uh, all the other drone launches from DJI have gone way smoother than this one. This seemed like they they shipped out an unfinished product and then been trying to catch up with firmware updates. And I don't know. I think it left a lot of people uh, disappointed.
1: So I was here, I heard um, something about the, we're not using the American satellite system to connect anymore.
3: Um, we're using yeah. a
1: China based.
3: Yeah. I think they're using Ghost systems. Satellite- or, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, but it's, it's definitely, I can tell you my, my old um, like the phantoms in my oldness, like you did not take this long yeah. to do that. I don't, this, and then it won't let you go up so far. It'll like, <laughs> you know, and then you have to like bring it back down because it, you know, a lot of people don't like flying if you don't update your home area, won't let you mm-hmm. do it. it we, we ran into a lot of, actually a lot of problems with it, um, to be quite
3: honest. Oh, yeah. And especially um, when you're doing uh, news stories and time is important, so you want to to get that drawn up in the <laughs> it, air.
1: It,
2: and I yeah, think it's there's, about... there's
1: shots that we actually abandoned the location because it just wouldn't it just took wow. too long yeah <laughs>
2: so, so what
3: would be the uh, what would be the ideal news drone like what kind of features would you be looking for if you had yeah, an ideal drone yeah i think it's a batch issue
1: oh you know mostly what um, mostly what the mavic has i mean active track is great i mean all of those those systems those auto auto
3: yeah
1: autonomous systems are yeah. great um and what and what they have and what they can do um it but connecting to uh yeah your satellites and not and that taking a lot of time that's just not that's not okay you know again it's like we have to put the that drone up and then use like autel you know you can't even use it so it's like okay or you just abandon the abandon the thing for the day and then you try to figure out or you're emailing DJI, like, hey, what's the deal with this? Like I can't I can't even fly in certain areas and locations where I have the okay to fly. It's just that your your um your equipment is
3: not being helpful. To yeah. <laughs> so put it nicely
0: <laughs> So it does not have to be awesome. for work. Um I'm just curious what is your favorite drone to fly? You're just going out to fly for fun or whatever.
1: Or what's your typical go-to? It used to be my Mavic. I mean, my my final. They used to honestly be my favorite yeah. drone to fly. I thought it was like the perfect weight. It handled beautifully. Um, in the in in the different environments, especially in Chicago, like I could take the, I could take it out with winds up to 15 miles, and I had no problems with it at all. It was just a really mm-hmm beautiful haul to fly and it just felt so comfortable i am now getting used to the mavics yeah. um, but and i also love the inspire it's it's like you know i, I equated to I, people ask me the difference between all of them and i said well put it this way one's like flying a a flying a mavic is like flying a um it's like driving a ford mustang but then going up to an Inspire um, Pro is like driving a Bentley. <laughs> it's just two totally different feels to it. It's two totally different drives to it. I mean, you feel really, 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 really comfortable with one. I mean, just how it handles. It handles in the wind. It handles, um, Trolls handles, and, and it's just it's just really a, a beautiful ride. Um so I would say now, for now, because of the practicality of all of that, Inspire is a lot to set up. It's not that practical, um, especially in in um, in general uh, news. But it would be the the Mavic.
0: Um. Hey. Um. So this concludes our episode, guys. Really quick, I just wanted to ask, where's the best place to find you, Carmine? I forgot
1: to ask that. I'm very. Uh, the best place to find me is either on my social media, Instagram, handle page.
0: Okay, Carmaine, thank you so much for being on today. Everyone, you can find Carmaine on Instagram, Carmaine, C-A-R-M-A-I-N-E, underscore means, M-E-A-N-S, or on LinkedIn, where she also updates. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode of Pixel Drone Show Please tune in when we air every Tuesday morning. Make sure to subscribe, hit the like, and share with your friends. The more uh, we grow, the more um, we are able to bring you these episodes with some of the lead uh, best leaders in the drone industry. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. We will see you next week.